One of the things that you provide is the ability to add a YouTube video to the episode page. Is it possible to add at some point a video from Facebook to put that video into pod page? Let's say this. Uh, I will add that by the end of the day. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's amazing. Originally, originally, um, you know, I, I try to do, uh, with all product development, you basically, you want to listen to your users. Hey gang, Ross Brand here from Livestream Universe. Welcome to Livestream Deals. This is the show where you shop the show, where we present great products for live streaming, podcasting, and content creation, and special offers. We've got a, a special offer today and a great product to talk about. We're going to talk about PodPage, which is a website that makes it very easy for you to create your own website for podcasting. Uh, basically, if you have an RSS feed, you can have a website up there in a matter of minutes, and then there's a lot of customization options as well. We're going to talk to the founder, uh, Brendan Mulligan, is, is with us, and he's going to talk about how uh, you can take advantage of that website. And also, he's got a special offer uh, 50% off for uh, the first two months using the code LivestreamDeals. And in fact, if you want to head on over to podpage.com, even during our conversation, you can do that at podpage.com and you can check out that special offer. But we'll be repeating it more during the show. Our guest He's uh, such an impressive entrepreneur. He's created several startups that have been successful. One was actually acquired by Google, and he went to work for Google as a product lead for several years. And now he's got PodPage, which is uh, just really highly regarded by everybody I've talked to who's tried it. It lets you get started with a website for your podcast, makes it easy no HTML, no WordPress plugins, none of that stuff. Brendan Mulligan, welcome to Livestream Deals. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on the show. Uh, we talked a lot about SEO on a recent episode of StreamYard Connect. And mm -hmm. I want to get into PodPage because I, I think it's an awesome website. I've created a couple of uh, actual podcast websites with it, and one of those podcast isn't really happening, but the other one is, and I think it's super cool. Can you tell everybody what what PodPage is and how you came up with the idea of creating it? Yeah, totally. So uh, the easiest way to think about PodPage is most people uh, will sign up with a podcast host and that podcast host will provide them with a very basic website, which is great. I think every podcast should have a website. Mm -hmm. um, and so for a lot of people, that's going to be enough. But up to this point, the only other option was WordPress. And I think WordPress is great, but it takes a lot of work and effort and learning to get really good with WordPress. And so there was nothing in between built specifically for podcasters. And so PodPage basically lets you take your RSS feed from any host, um, plug it in. It'll generate within seconds, generate a website that has a, a different different website or a different web page for every episode. It'll have an about page. It'll have a place for you to put donation links. It'll have areas for you to put social um, social media links. And so 
the the goal was build something that's very very specific for podcasters and the unique things that they need make it easy to set up and make it never have to be updated because it'll keep up to date from the feed um and it's just I, I think that in most creative industries you want the creators to be focusing on creating content and not building websites or building apps or all the other stuff you have to do and so um the goal of podpage is to take the whole idea of like building a really professional looking website, just make it super easy and hands off. One of the things that struck me when I first signed up for it is that a lot of times as podcasters, we start out a podcast and we really don't know if we're ready to commit to it. It's an idea. We think, okay, I'm going to try this. And maybe we get a few episodes into it and we decide not to do it or we get 10 episodes and we pod fade. And then other ones we do and we may do for years and some people now more than a decade, 15 years they've been running mm -hmm. on on their podcast. So creating a website on your own is a huge undertaking and yet you really need one when you start a podcast if you're going to build an audience. So it's a great way to get up and running from day one without that huge investment of time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, being able to spin it up quickly is important because you want to see, uh, see what it's going to be like to have your own website and trying it out. Like you said, there's a lot of people that try things out for a little bit and also not being, you know, having this long-term commitment. If you spend three weeks or three months building a WordPress site, it's very painful when you <laughs> decide to close down the podcast to just turn that off with, with Podpage, I mean, it, it can take you it literally can take less than five minutes to create a really professional branded website. And in three months, if you want to cancel your podcast, you just cancel your, your pod page and it, it's not a big commitment. So yeah, I think the flexibility was a big deal. Yeah. So you brought a really cool special offer for uh live stream deals viewers it's 50% off the first two months, uh, and you can use the code LIVESTREAMDEALS. Just go on over to PodPage and sign up. What are the different plans that people can uh, elect to do once they've created their page? They're ready to uh, kind of optimize it, put their own, or customize it's probably mm -hmm. a better word since you've done such a great job in optimizing it for SEO. How do they go about customizing their website? Uh, it, it's as, it can be as easy or as, um, or as involved as you want it to be. So the first thing that'll happen is when you enter your, your basically you put your name in for your podcast and it'll immediately generate nine different websites for you. And they all have a different theme and, and slightly different look to them. And so you can just pick one of those and be done with it. There's certainly a lot of people that do that because they've all been professionally designed and they look great. If you, let's say you like the header um, of one more than the other, but you like the way the episodes look in one, like everything about them is customizable and tweakable if you, if you get into the settings. And so it kind of depends on how deep you want to go, but mm -hmm. at no point are you writing HTML or you have to learn any code. <laughs> it's all, I mean, it's sort of like, um, it's the balance. Like I, I hate, putting a ton of settings in and there's, there's a lot of different things you can, um, you can toggle, which is a pain because there's just a lot you have to learn, but at the same time, like you don't have to write any, any code. So there's a lot of, you know, trial and error. So usually, like I said, usually it takes people, they can go in, they can get something they're happy with within 10 minutes and then they might take a day or, you know, 30 minutes and just kind of like play with the different settings, but you can change your color. You can change your backgrounds. You can change your images, um, all that. So, there you see the different plans. There's a basic plan at $5 a month, a pro plan at $15 a month, 
And then if you have a, a network, there's also a plan for that at $50 a month where you can have up to 25 websites. The, the basic and pro plan are, are one website each. And of course, you can take 50% off your first two months. Give it a try. Uh, by using the code LivestreamDeals when you go over to podpage.com. When you create your website, if you're just testing it out, you're you're creating a website for free, does the SEO optimize even on a free site, or do you have to uh, get get a basic plan or a pro plan in order for for, for it to show up and search for people to find it? Yeah, the biggest, um, you know, the big differentiator between a free plan and a paid plan is a custom domain name. So mm-hmm. if you're not paying, you're at podpage.com slash your site's name, right, or your right. podcast name. Um, the site itself has 100% of the same SEO optimized functionality. Um, and so I think that the, the truth is Podpage, because a lot of people use it and it's and and we've done a really good job indexing on Google, like Google sees Podpage as an authoritative source also. So it will get good Google SEO, but there's no better SEO than having your own website. Because mm-hmm. you know, Google, we talked about this on the SEO page. Google's always trying to figure out if you're searching for, you know, live stream universe deals, what is the website we should send people to? Right. And if the choice is between livestreamdeals.com, universedeals.com, or podpage.com slash livestream universe, there, I mean, it's so much better to have your own domain name. And so, um, but besides that, yeah, all the pages are look amazing when they're shared on social media. They, um, they're fully SEO optimized and all that. So, is there a benefit to, I know some people have actually integrated their pod page into their website. Uh, it's like some people use, use it. I don't know if they're really, are they really integrating it into their website or are they just using a custom domain from their website? So there's some people who, um, I think people who podcast first, Mm -hmm. meaning like that's their, that's their business. And let's say maybe they have a book, right. Or an ebook pod page lets you create a website at your domain and then you can create as many custom pages as you want. So in the header of your page, you can say, buy my book and you click that and it, mm-hmm. another page on pod page shows up on your website. So it's your website.com slash book. Um, I, I would say those people are podcast first, meaning they, they right. care the most about their website representing their podcast. So other people who are maybe the blog writers first and have a podcast or have like a coaching practice or something, they have a WordPress site. We just set someone up yesterday with this. Um, and they put a lot of time and energy into the WordPress site, but they don't want to have to create sort of a mini site for their podcast within the WordPress site. So our advice to them is, uh, let's say it's www.rossbrand.com. Mm-hmm. Um, and you really want your WordPress to say the way it is. We just make it podcast.wordpress or .rossbrand.com. And so when someone clicks on the WordPress page podcast, it basically opens up a pod page um, and then you can easily get back to it. But so they're sort of, they live on different platforms, but there's no way to embed a pod page into WordPress. At this right, point. right. Okay, so either way, you get a custom domain, and then you, you you're using that. But one way, it fits within sort of the structure of your website without really being a part of your website. But it mm-hmm. it's it, it's easier to make it part of an existing website. The other way, you're basically creating the website from scratch. But then you can add all the other things that you would have on a branded website, like. Yeah, exactly. about page and you know product page and things things like that. Yep, exactly. Now, if you have uh some semblance of a 
website that, let's say you have a website, right, that has a lot of content on it. It has a lot of content on your website, and your website is basically for other things like you said you you're you're a blog you're a blogger maybe you're a live streamer and you have a podcast and it's it's got blog posts for each episode there's not mm-hmm. much there if you create a pod page should you kill the blog posts on your website or is it fine to have both a pod page site and to have uh the blog posts on your website I, you know, it, it depends on who you are and how long you've had the website. So I, I, we had a, a customer that came and they just created a, a decent looking WordPress site, but they, what they hated was having to update it. And then they didn't realize how much, how expensive it was going to be to buy all the plugins that they wanted. So they, they thought WordPress is free. And then a couple months into it, they realized they were spending more on WordPress plugins than they would spend on a year of pod page. So they wanted to switch over and, you know, they hadn't been around long enough for some of their blog posts to be really heavily indexed on Google. And mm-hmm. so, um, moving them over and just kind of killing the old site and having the new site was fine. Uh, someone else came and they had like 350 episodes from six years and they all were indexed by Google at a certain URL. And so it's harder with that because Google already sees the, you know, the page you go to has a certain URL that's indexed, not only at Google, but on different blogs throughout the internet. So, um, the longer you've had a website, the harder it is to switch to PodPage or any other provider. And mm-hmm. so I've got some tools coming that'll make that a little easier. Um, still figuring out. I mean, it's a, it's a tricky challenge, but right. I think definitely like if you have a website that you feel like has been heavily indexed and it's working pretty well, I would never recommend switching over. Um, I think if you have a website that you hate update, up, keeping up to date or it's not driving a lot of traffic, if it even has a lot of content, it's just never been a big traffic source. Like, I think you've never been able to get ranked on Google, like switching over might help you because we've done so much work in making the Google SEO optimized stuff work really, really well. And so, um, you know, it's different for everyone. When you create your pod page site, are there things that as the site owner, so to speak, you can do to even, I know it's super optimized. Uh, I think you once used the word over optimized Mm -hmm. for, uh, SEO, but are there things that you can do even as a page owner or a website owner that you can enhance the ability, your ability to be found on? Like, are there some best practices that you would recommend for people setting up their pod page website? Yeah. I, you know, honestly, I think that most of them are people, luckily people are already doing it. So one big thing is you want to know what what's your podcast about? What are the keywords that when people search them, they're going to hit your page. And so you would just want to be using them in your in your podcast name or your podcast description. Most people do this anyway. Um, and then sharing it. So making sure that you're posting it places. So other link, other sites are linking back to it. That's totally under the control of the podcaster. Right, and right. so, um, but as far as like optimizing the way that the code is written, not really. I mean, we've just, there's, there's a set of best practices and we always keep them up to date. So that's the nice thing is right. like, my goal is I don't want people to have to worry about it. It's mm-hmm. like one less thing to think about as a podcaster. It's like, worry about your content, worry about your microphones, worry about all the things that will make your podcast better. Like let the website not be something that you worry about. Victor asks, do they take care of adding you to Apple podcasts and other directories of podcasts? Is that part of PodPage getting you on those directories or is that something you do by yourself first? Well, you know, so PodPage is powered by your RSS feed, which is typically created by a hosting platform like Libsyn or Supercast or Simplecast or, uh, 
you know, Podbean, one of these. Mm-hmm. And those services are really for getting you on Apple Podcasts and all the directories. And so we will go and find you on those directories and add links to your page, but we don't do any submissions. Right, right. And you have quite a list of uh, integrations with different, I mean, I was just filling in some more each time I come to the site. It seems like there's more uh, more options of uh, different podcatchers, as they call them, where you can mm-hmm. uh, add, you know, it adds a, uh, a little play button, not a play button, but a button that, that will then send you to listen on that site if that's what you prefer to do. Um, as far as the player goes, are you is the player native to PodPage, or are you pulling a player from the primary host of of that 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 podcast? Yeah, so though the goal is to support all the host players. Mm-hmm. Um, the main reason is all hosts, you know, are collecting data for podcasters, and they do it in a very specific way. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the more that we can use the native player, the better chance that all the data is going to be clean and exactly what the host wants right. it to be. Um, and so we try to support as many of them as we can. There's a few that we're working with the different hosts to support that we don't support yet. But yeah, we want to do the host. If it, if we don't support the host, it just has a standard, um, <laughs> what's called just an HTML audio player that is uh, sort of a web standard and it'll play on mobile devices or, or uh, the web. Right, right. What are some things um, I want to take the other approach, right? Because there's a lot of we we talked about this a little bit on Streamyard Connect, but there's a lot of rumors and bad info out there on SEO or things that don't matter anymore, but maybe they mattered ten years ago and they're still being discussed. What are some things either not to do or not to worry about when it comes to SEO, but you still hear people talking about as though they're an important factor and you're seeing people go down the wrong road because they're following these sort of myths that, you know, maybe they were once true, but today (laughs) they don't really matter anymore. Yeah. You know, luckily I think most of them have kind of gone gone away but you know someone if you want to be uh let's say you want to you have a podcast about microphones and you want to rank high in google for when someone searches microphone the way to the the way to do that is to write compelling content that people link to and share it's not just to write the word microphone a hundred (laughs) times on your website right so um so that's one thing uh uh, du- duplicative content. So um, let's say at the on every one of your show notes pages on your website, you have, mm-hmm. you know, a, I don't know, someone else's blog post about microphones or something like that. If it's on every page on your site, the actual um, search engines won't really care because they'll be like, oh, well, this has this doesn't make this doesn't help me understand what this page is. So I'm going to ignore right. this block of content. And so a lot of copying and pasting of content isn't necessarily useful and just making sure that each page has the right amount of content on it um, and, and is specific to whatever that, that episode is. It's especially uh, important for podcasters because the content's audio. So, you know, just throwing a page up that says my interview with Brendan and putting a nice, even if the, even if the interview is amazing, mm-hmm. it's not going to help Google figure out what that page is about. So making sure you have really nice show notes using transcripts that that's all help, very helpful. Is there a way to uh, put a transcript on on PodPage? Yeah, so there's a, a field for it. Okay. Uh, so if you have a transcript, you can just copy and paste it. It goes on the page with that episode. So you've got your show notes at the top and the transcript at the bottom. And I have seen that it feels like Google, um, you know, it's, it's very relevant content. So that tends to be helpful with Google. But um, we don't actually create the transcripts ourselves yet. It's something that I've looked at, but it's a it's a tricky space and there's there's no real good way to do it. 
that's affordable and accurate. And so um, it's tough. <laughs> you know, we've been really trying to, yeah, we've been just trying to focus on like, let's make the best website platform for podcasters that could possibly exist. And then we'll figure out um, if we want to go beyond that. So with your pod page site, you would recommend each episode having show notes, something about the person that you interview, let's say their bio, uh, some of the main talking points or the main discussion points or questions, something to distinguish that, that blog post, so to speak, that episode from every other one so that each one will index that's i'm just kind of repeating it back to you to make sure i understand it yeah, yeah. correctly I'm, I'm i'm learning as we go <laughs> well, i mean i i'm a big fan of show notes i think mm -hmm. that they're helpful not i mean forget your website for a second by putting your show notes into your podcast hosts content system the same they'll get pushed to apple Podcasts, google Podcasts. they'll get pushed everywhere so that means that 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 the effort you put into writing those show notes suddenly goes all over the internet and right. so yeah i mean i would Definitely don't just put them on your website, put them in your feed and let them be everywhere. And then it'll just help across the board. But once they're in your feed, we pull them in and they're on your website and they look great. Uh, we have a question that is so pertinent to live stream deals. Gabriel Lil asks, uh, have you thought about doing this for live streaming for live stream shows? Uh I would be totally open to it. I, I, I'll claim ignorance and, and not knowing exactly mm -hmm. what that what the main differences would be. Um I, the, the thing that powers, that makes pod page so powerful is that RSS feed that it sort of yeah. is built around. And so, um, but you can create pod pages without an RSS feed. They just, it's not quite as magical. Um, right. And so I would, you know, I'd be totally that some, some other people had asked me about, um, spinning easily spinning up websites for YouTubers. Right. So, you know, someone who just has a YouTube channel, um, and it's like, I've seen a couple of platforms. I'd love to get into that um, and learn a little bit more about it because there's a lot of great technology that's been built. And so being able to use it for someone else um, or a different area would love to do that. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that you provide is the ability to add a YouTube video to the episode page. Um, is Do you see adding other uh ability to put like is it possible to add at some point will there will there be ability to add a video from facebook if you don't want to download your video and then upload it to youtube if you say your youtube channel is more for short videos or for how-to videos and you're live streaming primarily on other platforms uh is there any way to to put that video into pod page yeah uh Let's say this. Uh, I will add that by the end of the day. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. So I think that that's amazing. Originally, originally, um, you know, I, I try to do uh, with all product development. You basically you want to listen to your users. And um, the first the first group said, "All right, well, I have a podcast, and you've imported mm -hmm. it, but I would prefer to put. I also do a video podcast. Right, I have a video for each one. I just want to be able to put that on there. So YouTube was the obvious one, but Facebook is becoming more and more um, popular, and so it's really just. I wouldn't say it's laziness, but it's just it wasn't asked for. But a couple people have asked for that recently, and so I think having you know the ability to put at least I, I'm trying to think of the other ones that would be as relevant, but Facebook has felt like it's gotten very relevant, especially for streamers recently. So. Yeah, I think Facebook would be the most relevant. And also, 
Um, while, you know, it depends on, obviously, on the live streamer, but for, for some live streamers, they may go to both Facebook and YouTube, but the, but the chat is very much, like in my case, even when I would go to YouTube, most people are, are chatting on, on Facebook, and so mm. it, it would be nice to maybe take that, that show and put it there, and then somebody can click through if they want to watch other videos instead of going to your YouTube channel. I guess you could also put a video on listed and still put it on your page, right? If you didn't want to publish it on YouTube, you could still put an unlisted video and share that link yep. on your page, I think. So that would be, yep. I guess, another yeah. way to, to do it. Yeah, and, the, and the, the main support that you're talking about is like an actual field for the YouTube video that you fill out. Right. Um, and that that basically puts it at the top of the screen. There's also, at the top of your episode page, there's also a... Um, you know, in the show notes, there's a way you can add any embed code you want. So if you had like a stream yard. Oh, okay. Embed, I like, didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And again, like I don't want people to have to think about code, which is mm -hmm. what uh, embed code is. So I don't want the average person to have to worry about that. I'd rather be like, oh, I stream on Facebook. I'll put my link here. So, right. but, um, but you can, you can, you can do all that. The other thing we support, and I haven't seen it used too much, but um, there's a video podcast format that iTunes supports. Not a lot of people seem to use it, but um, if you have a video podcast, your pod page will be built as a video podcasting page. Wow. So instead of an audio media player, you'll see the video on there and stuff like that. So, Yeah, I, I guess not a lot of people are doing video podcasting. Do you have any video podcasting users? It seems like that that was before YouTube and Facebook Live and all this stuff people were doing but it's a lot of work to compress it to the right size i think and there's a lot of criteria yeah. and people just don't think about it um i don't know with spotify now trying to get into video if video podcasts will come come back or if that'll be outside of the rss feed and yeah you know. i'm not sure Tell us a little bit yeah. about about your background as a developer, creator, entrepreneur, and and some of your experiences with different startups as well as as with Google. So I started in the music industry in like a working for a record label and a management company. Well, actually, before that, I was interning at booking agencies and all kinds of stuff. So I used to run a festival, but. Um, my transition into building products was sort of at the end of my music industry experience. And it was similar to this. I, a lot of musicians this is back in like the end of it's 2007 ish. A lot of time was spent updating your MySpace page or your fit and your Facebook page and Twitter. And at that point, pure volume and about 50 other sites. So let's say you got a new show booked in Atlanta, you'd have to paste that everywhere. And so right. I built something called artist data, which essentially served as like a, a central dashboard to put information in it syndicated it out to all these different places. So I did that for a while, um, sold that and then built it's funny. So I would talk at these music conferences and I would just be repeating the same thing over and over again. You should have a website. Don't rely on social media. Don't rely on Facebook, Twitter. Um, cause MySpace had sort of fallen apart. And so a lot of people's audiences fell apart with it. And so it was like, have a website, collect email addresses, have a website, collect email addresses. And so at the end of talking about this at almost every conference, I'd have all these musicians coming up to me saying, well, I don't know how to write code. How do, how do I create a website? You know, WordPress wasn't as easy back then. Um, there wasn't a Squarespace or a Wix. And so I think there was maybe like GeoCities and GoDaddy, you know, I built something called OneSheet, which kind of did what, um, 
what PodPage does, except it pow- was powered by social media. And so you would come on as a as a musician and you'd say, here's who I am on Twitter and Facebook and all these different places. And I'd create a website powered by those places. And you wouldn't actually ever need to enter information into your website. It would just stay up to date through what you were doing. Same ethos, though. Right. You are busy writing music. Don't worry about your website. Um, so I did that for a while. Uh, that got fairly giant for the music space and uh, another website builder for musicians called Banzoogle bought that. And then, um, yeah, I ended up at Google because I built uh, a few consumer startups and then uh, a set of tools for mobile app developers. Same kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Less time, don't, you know, spend more time writing code, less time doing all the other crap. And so Google bought that and spent a few years at Google running different couple different products there. Um, but yeah, the, the pod page ethos is very similar to both what I did in music and what I did for app developers, which is your creator, spend your time creating, not managing all this other crap. When you create a startup, as you've done several times now, do you go into it with an exit plan? Okay, I want to get acquired. I want to do an IPO one day, or do you just kind of see where it goes and then see what opportunities come along? How do you approach that as a startup founder? Um, so when you think about some of the earlier music industry ones I did, uh, they were very revenue focused because Mm -hmm. it was, you can kind of look at it and you can say, is there a company that's going to want to buy this? Maybe, but how do I want to get there? Do I want to make money for a long period of time? And then maybe someone buys it, maybe someone doesn't, or do I want to give it away for free, uh, to get a lot of users? And if you do that, then it's like, I need to raise money from investors. And so for the, for my early stuff, I didn't even consider raising money from investors. And so it was more focused on let's build something valuable and let's get someone to pay for it and let's grow slowly. The, the ones um, that Google bought actually had raised money from investors. And so when you go into that, you also hope to build a business, but building a, building a large business quicker, even if, even if you're not profitable is, is kind of the goal um, or is acceptable, I guess, you know, cause you have people backing you and letting you lose money and still continue to operate. Right. Right. And so, the people who back you want to get money back at some point. And be, so for them, there has to be an exit plan. Um, and it's probably, it's an IPO or a big company buying you. So I wouldn't say it's like, you don't build the company saying, here's how we're going to exit. But mm-hmm. you, you sort of, as you start setting up how you're going to get from point A to point B, you have to realize like, okay, if we're going to take money from venture capitalists, like it's not going to be okay to build a small profitable business that lets five people, you know, have a nice life. Cause that's not really why the venture capitalists are investing. Right. In. Right. And it's not because they're evil. They're given money from pension plans and schools and everything to grow the money. And so the venture capitalist job is to take the, you know, the million dollars they give you and turn it into 10 million right. or hundred million or, you know, and so uh, you just sign up for different things when you decide how you want to set it up. So for PodPage, it's very much like it's a passion project. I, I'm excited. It's growing incredibly well, but it's not I don't, I'm not going to raise money for it. I don't want to sell it to anyone. I just want to continue to build a valuable product for people. Are you monetizing in any way other than subscriptions? Nope. No, I, um, the, it's like a reverse monetization. So I'm giving a bunch of money away with referral programs and stuff <laughs> right, like that. Right, right. So, you know, if, you, if you're, if you're a paid user, you get a referral code and anyone you bring in, you get money off of your pod page, um, your pod page account and all that stuff. But no, there's no um, sponsorship or any other kind of any other way to do it. 
We're talking with Brendan from podpage.com, and he's got a special offer for live stream deals uh, viewers. You can take 50% off uh, the first two months of PodPage using the code LIVESTREAMDEALS. In fact, this is for Livestream Deals listeners as well. When we make a podcast out of this episode, you can take 50% off as well uh, for the first two months of PodPage using the code LIVESTREAMDEALS. And that's good for the rest of the week. So uh, jump on that if you haven't already started using PodPage. It's a good deal. And then once you pay, you can also, like you mentioned, you could do the referral program as well, which uh, is sort of enticing me to maybe uh, move to the paid plan as well. I've still been playing around with my site and what I'm going to do, but uh, it's it's really, really a cool website uh podpage.com is uh what the website is you can also follow on twitter at podpage hq and follow brendan at mulligan on twitter brendan thanks so much for spending time thanks for being a guest on Streamyard connect and, and now doing this it's a really impressive career that you've had at a young age and you continue to uh to churn out great products this time for podcasters. I, I, I'm really a big fan of PodPage and what you're doing. Thank you. Thanks for everything you do.